As indicated by writers Gina Smialik and Anna Swanson, for the past three decades, companies and consumers benefited from a growing set of cross-border connections. Increasing commerce between nations kept a steady supply of electronics, clothes, toys, and other goods so abundant that prices stayed low. But a global pandemic, raging war in Eastern Europe, and shifting attitudes toward globalism have produced a partial reversal. Companies are rethinking from where to source their products, even if that translates into lower efficiency and higher cost. It is conceivable that the decades-long decline in prices of many goods could come to an end or even begin to go in the other direction, potentially boosting overall inflation. Of course, inflation is elevated presently, but there is a conventional wisdom suggesting that over the next two years, the current bout of inflation will subside. But it may be that inflation will not prove so easy to tame. Since around 1995, durable goods like cars and equipment have been associated with rising efficiency and stable costs, helping to limit inflation. Prices for non-durable goods like clothing and toys have expanded only slowly over time. But the world is changing, and the era of cheap and plenty may be coming toward an end. For WYPR and my Bruce Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Many workers are receiving big pay increases. As indicated by writer David Harrison, a strong labor market helped boost average hourly earnings for private sector workers by 5.5% in April from the previous year. So far this year, annual wage growth has remained in a range of 5.2% to 5.6% depending on the month. That is well above the 3.4% increases recorded during the six months leading to February of 2020, right before the pandemic undid the economy. Wage gains in the leisure and hospitality industry, which encompasses workers at restaurants and hotels, exceeded 13% on a year-ago basis last November and are still running at around 11%. Workers in transportation and warehousing have experienced 7% wage increases on average over the past year. Normally, This would be considered impressive and a hallmark of a strong economy. But many Americans don't view the economy as strong, and that has everything to do with inflation. Recent data indicate that over the past year, consumer prices are up 8.5%. That means that in real terms, many workers are falling behind. Accordingly, despite significant raises, they are struggling to pay for expensive gasoline, groceries, and rent. Recently, there's evidence that wage gains are slowing even while inflation has continued to accelerate. For WYPR and my Bruce Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Consumer sentiment recently reached an 11-year low in America. Only a tiny fraction of small business operators think it's a good time to expand their business. Inflation has been running at or near a 40-year high recently, which largely explains why consumers are in such a foul mood right now. Between April of last year and April of this one, consumer prices rose 8.3% according to the Consumer Price Index. But as pointed out by writer David Streitfeld, there is still a lot to like about the current state of the economy. For instance, this has been an incredibly good time for workers. The U.S. unemployment rate is right about back to where it was pre-pandemic. There are nearly two job openings for every unemployed worker. Not coincidentally, 4.5 million workers voluntarily quit their jobs in March, often to secure better ones, the highest number since the government began maintaining the statistic in 2000. And though the seesawing stock market has been giving a lot of us the financial equivalent of seasickness recently, the pandemic brought with it major additions to household wealth, at least for those who own assets. 
Credit Suisse estimates that there are about 22 million millionaires in America these days, up from fewer than 15 million in 2014. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. According to data from the Federal Reserve, consumers are taking on a lot of debt despite higher interest rates. The total amount of consumer debt rose nearly 2% during the first quarter of 2022 to a bit less than $16 trillion. As explained by writer Jeff Cox, mortgage debt largely propelled the rise in total household indebtedness by expanding $250 billion during the first quarter. Mortgage debt in America now stands at about $11 trillion, an increase of 10% from last year. Mortgages comprise 71% of all household debt, a number that has consistently expanded over time. Since the pandemic began, households have originated more than $8 trillion in new mortgage debt due to a number of factors, including a relocation trend from cities to suburbs. That migration, often from city rentals to suburban homes, helps explain why the median home price in America surged 30% over the past two years. Credit card balances did not rise during the first quarter, but are still up 9% over the past year. Auto loan originations also failed to climb as car shoppers avoided the market in large numbers because of sky-high prices. But student loan debt climbed $14 billion during the first quarter, bringing the annual rate of increase to near 7%. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. This is the way the world was supposed to work in 2022. With pandemic conditions easing, supply chains would begin working again. Shortages of goods would steadily disappear and prices would fall back to normal. Alas, it was not meant to be. You may have heard that many goods remain in short supply, including baby formula. Some of this is due to what could be referred to as bad luck. In February, Abbott Laboratories, maker of the Similac formula, paused production at its Sturgis, Michigan factory as food safety regulators investigated possible contamination. Abbott also issued a voluntary recall. As indicated by the Wall Street Journal, the factory pause left a major dent in industry production since it was responsible for making more than half of Abbott's U.S. infant formula. Meanwhile, rival Enfamil products experienced delays in shipments and transportation earlier this year as the pandemic continued to wreak havoc on food supply chains. Today's infant formula shortages have opened the door for smaller and newer formula brands to gain consumers' attention, but they face limitations in terms of ramping up production because of regulatory hurdles. Facilities that manufacture infant formula require special approvals from the Food and Drug Administration. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.